0: Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the Organ, Eye, and Tissue Recovery Agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life.
1: We've all seen those moving moments on television, on social media, even in the newspaper. Grateful recipients meeting their donor's family. There's tears, there's hugging, there's high emotions, and there's always gratitude for that second chance in life. Although those are such moving moments, in reality, they don't happen all that often. And there is a whole entire process for communication between donor families and recipients. Hi, you're listening to Let's Talk About Life, and I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and Life Bank staff member. I have my fellow staff members from our Bereavement Services Department Alyssa Berman, who is our Senior Bereavement Services Counselor, and Mary LaRitia, our Bereavement Services Coordinator who handle all the correspondence between donor families and recipients. Thanks for being here with me today, ladies. Mary, can you tell us what is the process of organ donor families and recipients to correspond with each other?
2: Organ recipients, as well as organ donor families, do have the opportunity to correspond anonymously through LifeBank. The process begins with four donor families. Once they write their letter, they can send it into LifeBank with a little separate note with their loved one's name on it and the date that they died so we're able to match it up with the correct recipient. Recipients can either drop off or send their correspondences to their transplant center who will forward the correspondence to LifeBank. We take it from there. Donor families as well as recipients are always asked initially if they would like to receive correspondence because it's a very personal choice. Once they say, yes, you know, I would like to receive it, then the letter is sent along to them. And this seems to work very well as far as respecting everyone's personal preferences as well as everyone's privacy. If someone's not ready to receive a correspondence, that's always okay. We let them know that we will keep it here and available for them at LifeBank until such time that they may feel they are ready to receive it. We have had times when recipients have written multiple times over many years and did not hear back from the donor family or knew that the donor family was not accepting their letter and down the road Families did choose to receive the letters and a whole stack was sent along to them. And then the family wrote back to the recipient.
1: Wow, that must have been impactful.
2: Yeah, very much in everyone's own time frame. There certainly is no time frame involved with writing. Some folks write right away after the donation and uh, transplant, others weeks, months, and again, many
1: years down the road. What are some of the suggestions you have for donor families and recipients to include in their letters? Both donor families and
2: recipients are welcome to write whatever they'd like in their letter. We do encourage everyone to be sure not to include identifying information that would be such as a last name, although a first name is certainly okay. Would not want to include like an address, phone number, hospital name, or photo, anything that would specifically identify yourself. And this is to keep the confidentiality for both parties. When these letters are sent along, they are reviewed quickly to make sure there is not identifying information in them. Donor families might want to share information about their loved one, memories they have of their loved one. Recipients may wish to share how they're doing since the transplant, maybe things that have happened in their life since the transplant, special occasions or milestones. And these are the types of things that donor families and recipients are just so appreciative in in learning about the other. How wonderful. It is. It's uh, a great opportunity for both parties to be able to learn about each other. And donor families very often say this is reinforcing to them to know that this was the one good thing that came out of their donation. And knowing that someone else was able to be helped and that someone else did not need to lose a loved one. Recipients have often said this helps them feel more able to write, say if a donor family writes first, it's almost like giving them permission, so to speak, to write um, because the family shares how significant it is to them that a transplant occurred and
1: someone helped. Alyssa, why is it that people sometimes don't write? The whole loss experience is complicated for both sides.
3: For donor families, clearly they're grieving. They often don't find comfort in hearing from the recipients initially. Part of it has to do with their own grief. They know they did the right thing, and they're grateful that their loved one's legacy lives on, and they're also profoundly sad. Another reason why donor families sometimes don't write has to do with the kind of death their loved one had. If their loved one died from an overdose, suicide, homicide, things that perhaps society looks at as a bit more socially challenging, then they too feel that same experience, and they're not quite sure how to express that to a recipient. Some families also feel very strongly they did the right thing and they're done. On the recipient end, some of the things I have heard over the years are things like I say thank you to the woman who takes care of my hair and the man who plows my snow. How do I say thank you? The same word to the person who gave me my heart. However, one thing that I can safely say when donor families wonder why haven't they just written a note that says thank you, I always reassure them that I have never met an ungrateful recipient. Recipients also have grief because they recognize that someone died. They realize they are the beneficiary and that can be incredibly emotionally challenging for the recipient. And so sometimes they find it difficult to write.
1: If organ donor families and recipients end up wanting to meet, Mary, what is the process for that? And how often does that really happen? It does not happen
2: that often. However, once again, that's a personal choice. And if a donor, family, and recipient mutually want to meet, um, there is a process in place for that. The first step to take would be to, in a letter that you write to the other party, let them know that you're interested in direct contact and ask if they are also interested. If they do respond that they are, then the next step would be taken. And oftentimes we are able to make that connection happen then, although not always. Sometimes there are circumstances in place that kind of get in the way of that happening. But generally it's a matter of very brief paperwork that both parties fill out and send back to LifeBank. We exchange that information between the two. We are not involved past that point the donor family and the recipient can choose whatever way they want to um, pursue the direct contact, whether it's email, letters, phone calls, or meeting at whatever pace they're comfortable with. That is totally up to the two of them. Amazing. Those are still emotional. Yeah. And, you know, usually they're very good connections, although not always. There have been times when, you know, the connection was not good for one or the other party. And I think that's important for everyone to keep in mind if they dive into something like this. One side may want more of a connection or more contact than the other side. And that's one of the things you may want to think about before pursuing something like this.
3: The other thing to consider is that before someone was a donor family and before someone was a recipient, they had an entire life previous to that. And so donor families have high expectations of recipients, who they're going to be, what they're going to be like. And recipients have the same feeling for donor families. So there's this internal pressure sometimes they feel and they meet and it's fine. And then they're done for both of them. It's just not always necessarily a long-term lifelong relationship, but gratitude is at the core of it.
1: I know our listeners that partake in social media have seen people posting about their donor or potentially their recipient. And social media, Google, all those things makes confidentiality a bit challenging.
3: So we recommend that people do not try to seek out their donor family or recipient through social media. We request this because we have no sense of what that person's level of privacy is how they want to regard their confidentiality and who even knows in their family that their loved one, hypothetically, was a donor. And yet people feel compelled to know. And so we just encourage them to come through us, to do it in the way that we have set it out, protecting privacy and confidentiality, so that both sides feel respected and honored through the process of donation and transplantation.
1: How is the process of corresponding different for organ donor families and tissue donor families?
2: At LifeBank here, we work with many different tissue banks um, when someone is a tissue donor, and each tissue bank is different. For some tissue banks, there is not the option of corresponding. For other tissue banks, a recipient has to write first. My best advice would be um, for any of our tissue donor families, if you have questions about this or are interested in pursuing it, you are very welcome to give me a call. I will be better able to guide you at that point.
3: The other difference that's important for tissue donor families to understand is that with Oregon, they can call for an update and we can provide them an update, usually quite soon. With tissue, the processing time is six to nine months. So the information that they would like often takes more time for them to receive.
2: Actually, some tissue can be transplanted several years after it's donated. So it just really varies. You know, each situation is very different
1: that's an an important point to stress because there are tissue donor families who may not understand that and who feel like they haven't received a letter that a recipient isn't grateful and that's not necessarily the case. It may be that their loved one's gifts aren't being used yet. Correct. Absolutely.
2: Certainly any questions that any of our families have, we are always happy to review any of the information with
1: them. You do fabulous work supporting our families and we so appreciate you. And thanks for being here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life.
0: Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at infolifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.